Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions, the most ambiguous, ambiguously, Jesus, most ambiguously named Star Wars podcast this side of the Rishi maze. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day because we are about to discuss one of the most infamous Star Wars books of all time, The Crystal Star. Did we do a My bad name job naming the path the podcast? Now you've got me distressed. We did, didn't we? God damn it. <sighs> Okay, finish the intro. We could have done like Tales from the Cantina or Cantina Tales. I feel like, like that all, like, like all the obvious ones really, they already exist. The problem with Tap Calf is mostly the, there's two acceptable spellings. Yeah, that's, that's the definitely. F in, or the E and the no E. Um, Should we just call it Star Wars Tap Calf Transmissions? I mean, is that going to help really? Well, we say help, but like, is there a problem? Is... No, I, I, I actually love our name. Um, Me too. Like, yeah. It's the content that's bad. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, speaking of bad content, maybe. Today we'll be discussing Crystal Star, as, as I was saying, one of the most infamous Star Wars Legends books. If you ever read like a Twitter thread or a Reddit thread about like, what's the worst Star Wars Legends book? Usually Crystal Star is right up at the top, if not the uh, very top. Before we get into that, though, Corey, uh, do you have anything you want to talk about before we start? Uh, no, I'd, I'd like to talk about Star Wars this week, actually, and make it make a change. Okay, so no personal stuff. You don't want to talk about that fungal stuff we were talking about off stream? Mm, we'll save that for the X2 podcast. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, neither. It's been a kind of a slow week for Star Wars stuff, hasn't it? We should talk about uh, whether our volume's actually good. But Is our volume not good? Apparently, I am very quiet for everyone. Oh, but, uh, okay. Turned up. That should be better. Let me know All if right. that's better, guys. Anyway. But yeah, so... We re you don't want to restart the intro. You just want to keep going with the, the knowledge that some people didn't get to hear everything 100% perfectly. Well, the recording version, which is what actually goes up on the audio, that's going to be edited down properly, having the thing where we talk about the volume taken out, and the volume will be properly set for the period before then as well, because we're professional. I actually do spend a lot of time setting the volume good, like mixing our volume um, and then mixing it together afterwards. The only time I ever cut anything out, though, is if I'm editing something and I tried to cut you off at the very end and I wasn't successful. Okay. Then you cut me off in editing. That's good. Mm -hmm. But this is our first episode of two this week. We are going to be having another episode tomorrow night talking about Bad Batch episode three and four. So we did get a good amount of emails asking about Bad Batch topics when we get to the emails at the end of the show tonight uh we'll just be covering the stuff related to crystal star or other broader legends or eu podcast stuff and then any bad batch questions that we've been asked uh that's going to be that's going to be covered tomorrow so we're not ignoring anyone did we announce our next book yet i can't remember we haven't announced our next book and we'll want to talk about that a little bit maybe did we decide what our next book is? We didn't decide our next book, but if there's an episode tomorrow and then there's an episode next Thursday, that episode is going to be episode 66. Right. So Revenge of the Sith novelization. We're we're back on track if we want to do that. If we want to read another okay. book. Are you up for yeah, that? Let's do it. Okay, let's do yep. it. I'm going to listen to the audiobook for that one. So no right. skin off my back. All right. So let's just let's just get into it though. First of all, Corey, Crystal Star. Worst book in Star Wars history. Hard disagree. It's not even the worst book we've spoken about. And there's a lot of bad books coming up. But the I, I think this book has an undeserved reputation. I actually quite enjoyed reading this. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So for me, it's like, is this book well written? No, not really. Really? Um, okay. Okay. Go. Keep going. Keep going. Did I have more fun reading this book than Thrawn uh, Greater Good? Yes. Hmm. Is it a better book? No, probably not. Did I enjoy it more than Greater Good? Yeah, a lot more. <laughs> okay, so we both kind of agree, but for very different reasons. <laughs> like, It's definitely got some of the weird 90s book vibes that a lot of the ones that we've been kind of lower on have had. Uh, where it's like, it's not quite as good as, or it, it's not the right mix of like Star Wars being Star Warsy and good writing that like X-Wing is or the Thrawn trilogy in a lot of ways is, but mm-hmm. like the weirdness in this book can be off-putting, but it's still fun. And I don't actually think it's written terribly. I think it's written very 90s I mean, I, I think the one issue that people bring up rightly is characters, where the characters yeah, in this fair. book are are weird. That's what I meant with writing. Regarding the actual writing itself, it's fine. I don't mind the weirdness too much. Like, it is kind of weird that Waru was such a central part of the book, but like, you don't find out his motivations or anything, or you don't get much of. Well, him he wants to go home. Like, yeah, but you don't That's find what... that out or really learn anything about him till the last, you know, like. 20 pages yeah well there's a lot of stuff that just kind of happens like it's not anyone working towards a thing it's just Mm -hmm. stuff is kind of in its state and then eventually there's like a a switch gets flipped and whatever the problem is is solved like leia and raleo are flying towards the planet and then the kids just happen to be there they don't have to really look for them it's just like well, they pull themselves out of like hyperspace, that. right? Yeah, but they yeah. they just pull in. It's like, oh, look, there's the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right on that. Um, let's should we let's talk a bit about the actual plot, though, because I'm sure a lot of people probably haven't read this one. Um, but I mean, if you look at that cover, how could you not? Um, first of all, Corey, do you want to give us the scientific explanation of what a crystal star is? So, a crystal star is a star that's made out of crystal because science fiction, isn't it? It's weird, though, because it's like, don't they say, like, quantum crystals or something, too? Well, you just throw quantum on in front of whatever you want to sound cool, and that's what happens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, so the whole kind of idea is... Well, it's a, it's a pretty on... unique plot line for, for a Star Wars book that we should really mm-hmm. give its due time, right? Like, I, I don't want to just jump into this. This is a book about, like, and I'm, I don't know how they came up with this idea, but it's a book about the solo kids being kidnapped, and... Uh, like ten out of ten. How how'd they come up with that? Yeah, and I love how Leia is surprised that the kids are kidnapped when like she's specifically at a planet that's known for kidnapping kids. Yeah. It's like, what are you gonna do? Stab me, man who's stabbed. Like what if just throw this out there, what if she just didn't bring them to this one? Leave them with winter like she does for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And the the solo kids are well, Jane and Jason are five and uh Anakin is three and a half. Um, are so they even that old? A lot young. Yeah, I think so. Because they the, they say that they're oh, they, five. They on do one have the, yeah, Anakin does say his age. Okay, because this is twelve years after the Battle of Yavin. Um, and so Anakin's like born in like nine AB one, a decade before yeah. the other books we're reading right now, Young Jedi Knights. Yeah, about a decade, right? Around that. Yeah, maybe a little less. Um, but yeah, the Solo kids are kidnapped. 
as this is happening, um, Han, Han and Luke are on a basically a boys' trip to this station. How did you pronounce this? Crusade. In the audiobook, because I, I for this one I listened to the audiobook and I um I read the how how did it spelled again? It's like C R S E I H. Yeah, they call it Crush Station, and I don't okay. I don't know where the A comes from. I you can yeah. having Crusher the R S like that that that's not a weird pronunciation of that. I don't think. Yeah, I think like or no no they say how do I say it again? Crusha. Yeah, I think it's Crusha. But anyway, it's basically a space station. I think it's on like an asteroid though, right? I, I don't know if it's ever... No, it, it seems... Clear. It's a, it's its own station that's orbiting the the white dwarf that's also got it. Like it's a binary system between a white dwarf and a black hole. And the station is like a standalone station, I'm pretty sure. Because mm-hmm. R2 like powers on the engines and makes it float off after them at the end. Yeah, that's true. Um, they just they talk about craters and stuff, and it's got like it's kind of weird because it's got like an outside to it, mm-hmm. um, and it's like kind of in a big bubble, a shield bubble. So like they go outside, and like it's got its own weather system and stuff. Um, but yeah, yes. So so that's what they're doing. Um, and then as that's happening, um, Leia is alongside Chewbacca is off on another planet where the kids end up being kidnapped um and then they are kidnapped by uh heath rear and the uh empire reborn or is it the reborn empire empire reborn empire reborn reborn empire is different yeah and because yeah so then we get like a lot of a lot of the book is kind of the kids jana and jason um in this kind of they're basically identifying force sensitive kids and kind of training them kind of selecting some of them to be fed to waru <laughs> and um yeah interesting kind of an interesting story yeah so waru is on kersha on on kesha station and he wants like to go home so he needs to eat these force sensitive kids to get more power to open a a rift into other space where he's from uh, which is another little pocket dimension. So mm-hmm. Hethrier has a deal with him that he's going to give him all this power or give him all these kids. And then Waru can also put some of the power back into people. So Hethrier is hoping that by giving Waru a bunch of extra kids, he's going to be like, oh, Hethrier, you can have uh, some more of this power and then you're going to be super epic. And Hethrier wants to be super epic. So that's basically what he's going for there. Yeah, I think my favorite quote in the book is um, Waru, the time has come. You have Skywalker. Keep your promise to me, Waru. Make me omnipotent. (laughs) (laughs) Make me impotent. Please do it. Impotent, yeah. So, do you think, is Waru a bad guy then? Yes. He murders kids. But he's just trying to get home. Yeah, there can be hitchhikers that murder a bunch of people on their way home, and they're just trying to get home. They're murdering people. So... Sorry, but like, so when he's healing people, is that just to keep his cover? When he's healing people, that's partially to keep his cover so he can just get the ones that he actually wants. Uh, mm-hmm. And part of it is just that he doesn't need the energy right then, so he pumps some back in because he's really I mean, looking. That's kind f- of like he doesn't have to heal people. He doesn't have to, like- but if he didn't heal people, then they just they'd stop coming to him. 
Yeah. He's waiting for the right little Anakin Solo to come along to just suck the force out of. Mm-hmm. My other question was, does he know at the end before before Hethrier tells him that Luke is powerful? Because he's like talking to Luke for a long time. Like Luke is bothering him. Yeah, I think he's just so annoyed by Luke. He's blinded to any of Luke's power. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Luke... Like, Fine, I'll heal you. Yeah, Luke starts really simping for Waru uh, as soon as he meets him. Because Luke has this thing that actually is kind of persistent throughout almost all of like the, the Bantam era and then a bit in the Delray era in a kind of a different way, where his whole conception of what's good and evil is very heavily centered on the light and dark side of the Force, where he does kind of the same thing with the Yuuzhan Vong, where he's like, mm. oh, if, if they're not dark side, are they really that bad? Or if they're not part of the Force, are they worth anything? Uh, if they're not part of the light side of the Force, are they worth anything? And he kind of does the same thing here, where it's like, oh, Waru is not using the dark side of the Force. He must mm. be pretty epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... So what's going on with Luke? Because Luke is really weird this whole book. Like, like Han is basically out drinking. He'll come home. Luke's just sitting in the darkness. And then Han comes in and Luke just turns on his lightsaber. Like... Yeah, and in, the moment, in a moment of purest instinct, he turns on his lightsaber and is about to kill Han. But uh, he he's really heavily affected by war. Like when Leia and the kids get there, they're kind of affected the same way. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's so Luke's got a little super... like psychosis going or something. Yeah, like there there's some sort of weird force stuff happening around that. Uh, it's kind of weird though too because I expected the explanation because it's been I haven't read this book for years. I, I expected the explanation to be because there's also the issue with everybody is kind of not able to use the force very well yeah and i expected that to be because of waru but it ends up being because of the crystal star mm-hmm. which is like quantum fluctuation yeah the it's the the resonance of the of the crystal star interfering with their ability to use the force which is uh it's like when that bridge fell down in like washington or whatever because the wind like blew just the yeah. right way yeah that, that stopped people from using the force then as well Looks like turn off the microwave. <laughs> I gotta levitate something. But yeah, he's he's upset because he's trying to find Jedi. Then he thinks that Han might be cheating on his sister, which yeah, like, I feel like that's a reasonable takeaway from what he saw happen. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Like if I was if I went on a boys' weekend with my brother-in-law and <laughs> him and his ex, an XGF. yeah, him and his ex go like spend the entire night in his room. Then he walks out in the morning after he tells me, oh, I'll be right back. And yeah, I'm going to be pissed too. Like, I'm not, I feel like you're pretty naive if you, uh, if you're jumping to the conclusion of like, oh no, you just fell asleep. Like, it's a reasonable takeaway. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, especially where like Han spends a bunch of the book talking about how he loves flirting and stuff. That was one of the weird things. That was one of the first things that I had noted as like weird character moments because he talks about how him and Leia have this understanding of like, oh, there's nothing wrong with flirting. You can look, but don't touch. It's like Han is the most jealous person ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime someone looks at Leia, he's like ready to leave her. Yeah. Like any any book that even mentions a soldier, even if he doesn't interact with them, he's like molding <laughs> from several pages away. To be fair, though, she almost she considered leaving him. Like, yeah. For a soldier, so I think that's should have done it. 
that that's one of the weird things about reading like NJO and the Young Jedi Knight stuff. Any scenes with like Tenelka's parents in them, it's like they they clearly don't want anything to do with each other. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Isolde is in love with Leia forever. Mm-hmm. And um, Tenennial Joe is in love with Luke, right? <laughs> yeah it it's it's not a healthy situation. No, it's not good. I mean, they could they could get some real freaky going on. <laughs> well, then they just resent Tenelka for getting with the. The son slash nephew of the people they love. It's a yeah. Another thing about it that's kind of like some Twilight shit, there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's it's not good. No, it's not great. No. Um. All right. Let me just pull my notes because I had some really important notes here. I want to read. Um. Oh, Leia. Leia's so rude at the beginning of this book. Yeah. When the kids are kidnapped. Like, understandable, I guess. You did just have all three of your children kidnapped, but like. The thing is, she's rude before the kids are taken. Mm hmm. She, like, doesn't give a shit about anybody. She doesn't give a shit about Chewbacca. She's like. I I was, like, waiting because Chewbacca gets, like, grievously injured. I'm like, I'm waiting for her to, like, give a shit. And she's like, Chewbacca can't die. And I'm like, there we go. Because we need to know where the kids are. And I was like, yeah. It's like the kids get kidnapped so much and she never really mm-hmm. goes off like this on anyone else that's supposed to be watching them. Like mm-hmm. she talks about how great winter is, but they get kidnapped like three times on her winter's care. But my first note was how could this happen on a planet where children <laughs> are routinely abducted? <laughs> it's the uh, best place to kidnap. Yeah. Uh, my third note was werewolf. You want to talk about that? Mm. Takes a big drink beforehand. <laughs> Well, I, I thought you'd be you'd be regaling us with the tales of the werewolves, but why do you think that? Well, how could you not? We're going from twilights to werewolves, so you'd, I thought you'd build up a connection there. But these are these are the kids of the Mundukodrians, yeah. Who are the? They're these giant cats, the werewolves. Oh, they're cats, are they? Th- that's what it sounded like. Or I just kind of imagine them giant dogs, but yeah, they. It sounded more like they're wolves ish but they kind of sound seem more feline i was kind of picturing nexus mm-hmm. the entire time that might okay. be why i'm saying cats but uh but yeah the apparently the the muntu kodrians give birth to these giant wolves and then those wolves make a chrysalis around themselves and they turn into the muntu kodrians as adults yeah which have like forearms don't they? Because there's one part early on. Yeah. Because I, I remembered that part. And there's one part early on where like one of the the adults is like explaining everything she's doing to the wolf. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that you wouldn't that wouldn't make any sense if you're reading it for the first time. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. But they <laughs> have yeah, you they ever have... read the book before. Or was this your first time? By the way? Uh, this is my first time actually reading it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they have four arms because there's the. There's the one that loses a lot of their hearing, I think it is, from the pressure bomb. And Leia's aid aid on the planet. Yeah, and they're like floating around their arms while they're sleeping. So it's four arms there and the the werewolves have six legs. Uh, And they sleep standing up. Yeah. When they're adults. And of course. Leia's like, oh, well, that they they have damaged hearing, but at least they're alive. And the guy's like, actually, we should kill them. It'd be more merciful. It's the only sense that matters. Leia's like, I, st- I still don't care. <laughs> well, Leia gets pissed off at them for... They refer to her as P- Princess Leia. And this is like 
a huge affront to her, but she's never cared about that before like or since. Everybody does that always. Yeah. It's like Han's favorite title for her. Yeah. A little weird. Um, just So yeah, the werewolves are fun. They don't really do much. I would have I preferred, like I liked that they were there because they were with the kids and stuff on the, mm-hmm. the uh, what, what, what are they called again? The the planet the worldcraft hethrier is a um he was the can't remember his title procurator, uh, procurator of, of justice, justice. uh yeah. handpicked by darth vader along with the berlau Berlau to become a dark jedi and then uh got a nice admin position within the empire which came with a nice free planet from palpatine mm-hmm. which palpatine does sometimes because I, I remember and we're about to read the uh Revenge of the Sith novelization. I'm pretty sure he offers Anakin the Corellian system. <laughs> All five planets. Well, what does he need with it? He's got technically the entire galaxy. He's just giving, like, he's delegating. Every good leader delegates. Not even, like, delegates. He's just offering uh, Anakin to, to have it. <laughs> well, what you don't see you it? is that, like, part of that scene that was kind of cut from the book and then from the movie was that he was on a video call with Garn Iblis at the time and was just mm. trying to piss him off. Gotcha. He's like, what do you think of that, dickhead? <laughs> the, but, uh, yeah. Sorry, one ahead. of the least believable parts of the book for me is how the werewolf makes it through so many scenes without uh, one of the Empire Reborn just literally killing it right away. There's mm. no reason to keep it alive. They're all clearly mm. annoyed by the fact that it's around. They have to take care of it. They're separate. They want to keep it separated from Anakin and the kids. Like, just kill it. Like, there's no reason for them to not kill it. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that doesn't piss on the floor at any point. Well, we don't know that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We have to assume it was pissing on the floor. Frequently and vigorously. Yeah, like, Leia mentions the fact that Chewie's leg is all fucked up with, like, blood and the cut. She doesn't mention that he's also coated in feces because he's been stuck in a bed. And she has no interest in taking care of him while he's laid up. Plus, he's got no visible butthole. Of course, he's covered in feces. <laughs> well, that's a that's part of Wookiee physiology that we never really get into in the books, but I'm sure we'll need to do an episode on that. Maybe it's like their nails. Like, they've got an, an anus that extends out well. We don't need to talk about this. Um, Just a thought. Don't need to talk about this. Don't need to talk about that. Um, what do you want to talk about then i'm looking at well you said you have a bunch of notes and i have a bunch of notes oh so yeah Uh, the other thing c3po is a chad nope i got mine in first okay c3po does get attacked by a lightsaber and he's fine there's that but also the fact that at the beginning of the book he's got like a full repository of human love notes well we know that already like he's doing that for han and courtship right that's true that's a good callback. This is something that is well established within the lore. Everyone is pretty nice to 3PO in this book. Did you notice that? Well, except for Hethrier. Well, yeah. Han I mean, Han did keep a lot of his like petty jabs inside, but he's vacation Han. Mm-hmm. So he's being nicer. We've seen vacation Han before, though. Like when he was skiing, he wasn't that nice to 3PO. Yeah. That's true. But that's that's later on. He's mellowed out a little bit by then, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Or it's actually no, it's not that later. Nicer. It's not that much later. It's Dark Jedi. 
or Jedi Academies very soon. Yeah. What this is what twelve? This is twelve. Is Jedi Academy twelve as well. Yeah, because like Jane and Jason, it might even be before. Because Jane and Jason are super tiny in that. Yeah. When Jason fights the uh, the stupid bird. Oh no, the uh, yeah the birds. Yeah. Yeah, that's eleven. So yeah. But the other thing with Han and his weird relationship stuff is the uh, the ghostling that comes up to them when they're walking around, which is like this described as, uh, I guess, kind of like sirens in a way. Mm-hmm. Like that seems to be the comparison they're going for. Oh, yeah, for. You, you have sex with them and they die. Yeah, they want to have sex with humans, but humans just crush them, apparently. Uh, but one walks up to Han and says, I want to give you something, the route to happiness. And Han's like, to your death. And he's just assu- he, he just jumps to the conclusion that the, the only reason this person could be approaching me on the street is because they want to fuck me. That's the only possible conclusion. Mm-hmm. And, his, and no, she's like, no, I want to show you this giant gelatinous blob covered in plates. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what War looks like. He's like a giant, um, a giant, like, semi-viscous fluid like cube which you can breathe shields yes and the one thing um the one thing that i thought really funny is at one point han's like this was the best example or this is the only time i could truly say that it was made of icor i was like how often is han thinking of the word icor like i wouldn't consider that to be in (laughs) harrison ford han solo's vocabulary not only is must he be thinking of it He's gonna he's gonna be like dying to say it for the last fourteen years. Yeah, it's like it's like a a quarant dies. He's like Icor, Icor. And like, <laughs> no, that's just blood. <laughs> but they're in the garbage. <laughs> it's Icor. Oh, I'm in the Death Star's Icor, and Leia's like no. doesn't count. <laughs> Too watery. <laughs> if only it were more sentient. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then like, have you ever seen um? Moses in South Park. So it's just like this giant, like, wow, what's he look like? He's like a giant cube or a giant, uh, let's see. I think it's Moses. Yeah. yeah. He's like a giant shield and he's got like a, he's got like a really kind of deep, like, that's exactly how I imagined Waru's voice. Okay. Uh, just like very godly and just like, oh, and just like vibrating through, like, I don't know. It's a voice a human can't make. I kind of pictured Eeyore. From Winnie the Pooh. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I know who Eeyore is. I've got to get more energy. Because <laughs> he's just tired the whole time. And he's got Luke bothering him. He just always seems like he wants to take a nap. Yeah, fair enough. And who can Maybe blame him? Maybe like a megaphone. Maybe he's more relatable than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we can get a Waru on Birio card? <laughs> no, he went back to his pocket dimension. He need yeah. to he need to come back. I do That'd like be a good uh, post sequel trilogy villain. Hmm. Waru coming back from the from other space, from Legends Other Space. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I mean maybe that's the uh, connective tissue between the two universes. Yeah. How long do you think Waru was uh, around for? Does it, do we know? 
I don't think it was super long. Uh, shit. I was just reading up. Yeah, I, I don't think it was super long. I think it's like within the space of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh... Oh, it's the book's in 14 ABY. Is it so in it's 14? Even later okay. Than Which makes sense because it's like 23 for yeah. Young Jedi Knights. So. But one of the things that's weird is like Leia and Han seem convinced that all of the Imperials are just fully gone. Uh, which is something that kind of shows up a lot in some of these books where it's like, oh, we've beaten them back entirely. But as it later gets established, like Pelion's empire is still there, reasonably powerful. Everyone knows they're there. Because mm-hmm. Han asks uh, his ex, like, oh, what are you doing now that there's no Imperials anywhere in the galaxy? She's like, uh, are you stupid? <laughs> Because Leia thinks that no one's doing any kind of slaving. No one's imperial at all. They, they've done it. They've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, speaking of slaves, I pretty much hated every Ferrero. Yeah. Like Hethrier, the, the unnamed one, the one who works with Leia. They're all just like really kind of miserable. Yeah. And uh, Tigris. And naked for a long time. Yeah. So she's naked in the suspended animation thing. She comes out and Leia's just talking to her for half an hour. Like, can I get some clothes? And she's humanoid. Like, she's a, she's a human, basically. Like, a human that can, you know, like a near human, probably. Because I looked, I looked it up and she looked like a human and it describes her as looking yeah. like a human. They basically so just look like, human and then their skin and hair changes color sometimes. Like if I see a guy with his dong, like I'm gonna offer him pants, even if he's yeah. like slightly different. Yeah, like they were clearly really uncomfortable talking to Leia, and she just mm-hmm. keeps going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that 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 might mean that there's like a subspecies of humans in Star Wars that just does go dong out all the time. Yeah. So did the unnamed uh, Ferrero Rocher know Rilawi was Hathrier's girlfriend? I don't think so, because when she asks, why are you so angry at her? He says, because they're torturing her, so they must not like her. Yeah. He doesn't seem to have any idea beyond that. Yeah. Okay, so. Well, she also says, because uh, she's not part of my clan, but like, come on. Let's get some amount of solidarity here, people. Yeah, they're kind of weird with their names, too. It's like, you say someone's name, you gain power over them a little bit yeah that's a pretty common trope so mm-hmm. hmm. reminded me of what's his name from uh, x-wing oral yeah the, although it's kind of the opposite but but the uh the weird thing there or there were a few weird things there but like hethrier is happy to just... there was probably the interdimensional space um jelly well but... <laughs> yeah clearly <laughs> but uh, Hethrier just happy throwing out his name whenever, and she's like, when she's telling her story, he's like, uh, and this man, and I will tell you his name like thirty times. Yeah, just fucking say Hethrier. Like, it's not like it's kept secret throughout the rest of the book for the audience. It's like, okay, you're talking about Hethrier clearly. I think by that point we even know that, and mm-hmm. then yeah, it's just there are a few things that could yeah. have been maybe interesting things to keep. Uh, a mystery until later and just doesn't bother trying. 
Yeah, so I listened to an audiobook before I read it, and I was, like, kind of wondering whether that was, like, some weird abridgment where, nope. like, they took out a bunch of information and then they've got to, like, fill it in. And then I read it and I was like, no, it's just, it's just, it just do be like that. Yeah. Also, I want to point out, someone in the, we, I've seen this in the chat a few times, this book is bad, but it's still better than Children of the Jedi. I agree. Better than Children of the Jedi and Planet of Twilight. Better than Children of the Jedi, better than Planet of Twilight. Better than, probably better than Darksaber, and better than the Jedi Academy trilogy. I don't agree with that last one. I, agree. I It's better than Champions of the Force, probably. But. Okay. You think it's better than the entire Jedi Academy trilogy? Maybe not better than Jedi Search. So I think that's the one I had highest ranked. Mm-hmm. But like Probably better than Dark Empire two or three like as weird as this book can be and as weird as some of the characterization in this book can be there wasn't really a part of this book where i was thinking why the hell am i reading this or wanting it to be done faster like i still enjoyed the whole thing i like warrior i like i I, it's star wars like you can throw weird shit in a pulpy star wars book and i don't mind like yeah like i don't know i i i it's not going to be like in the pantheon of S tier Star Wars for me. And like as a Star Wars book, there's a lot of weird elements there. So I definitely consider it like as far as the the lore goes, just a, a weird side thing. But it I, I didn't dislike in any of the book per se. I legitimately enjoyed reading it more than I enjoyed reading um, Greater Good, Ron Greater Good. I didn't. That's uh, that's why we need our, our spreadsheet put together. Yeah, yeah, I know. But uh, yeah. So the Leia leaves the planet, leaves Montecodru, because she's thinking the kids they were kidnapped by a dark side practitioner, not as part of these stupid coup kidnappings mm-hmm. that they do for fun on Montecodru. Finds Rilawi, Rileo. I I want to. There's a character in League called Alawi, so it, mm-hmm. it's kind of similarly spelled, so I keep wanting to call her that. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so they she finds out they're looking for Hathrier. It all comes together at the end. They all end up in the same place. They find Jaina and Jason on uh, on the world craft thingy. Which is kind of random, because there's actually no connection Besides Waru, between Han ending up there and Leia ending up there, yeah. it's one of those cases that you see all the time where, like... Very contrived. Yeah. Where it's like, Han and Luke are there for completely different reasons. Yeah, I completely they're, forgot they're because... when they learned that the kids were kidnapped, other than the fact that they saw Anakin, like Han and yeah, Luke. Yeah, they don't learn. Like, the way they learn is, Leia goes, Jason and Jane are okay! And I imagine Han's like, why the fuck would they not be? <laughs> like... Yeah, that it, most of what Han and Luke are doing is kind of irrelevant, but I thought Moody Luke was still kind of fun. So I would have liked Lando to be there. Yeah, Lando would have been nice. Yeah, like like Han is out drinking every night, gambling. Like would have been fun. Yeah, they could just. <laughs> it would have been really the best. Would have been if Lando showed up at. Uh, at Kesha Station, just at the end of the book, having none of his own. Jade. Yeah, like there, 
nothing else connecting him to anything. He just shows up with everyone else. But there is one thing that is unforgivable in this book that Leia does. And she says, R2 has a lot of good qualities, but he doesn't have much in the way of a sense of humor. And no. R2... Just objectively. Yeah, like, come on. Which is why I'm giving this book an F. (laughs) I think it's funny, too, at the end, they're just ready to leave. So, surprise, surprise, Waru sends himself back to his pocket dimension... Not after consuming one of the Jedi children, because Anakin's the... We get in this book, Anakin is like the chosen one. Well, not the chosen one, but he's the uh, the most powerful of the three, it seems. Yeah. Which is something we kind of get alluded to later. But, um... Yeah, they're about to feed Anakin to Waru. Anakin has this little kid with him the whole time. It's uh, Hethrier's son. And uh, he's got no force powers. He's always trying to impress his dad. It's kind of sad. Um... But uh, he saves Anakin at the last minute. Um, and then for some reason, even though Anakin and the kids are free, Luke jumps in <laughs> to Waru. And Han and Leia follow. And they go for like a trippy 70s style swim through Waru's yep. internal icor. Um, and the, uh, the children, the call of the children snaps Luke out of it. And um, yeah. I guess that's why he ends up having Ben later on. Yeah. Once he's done screwing computers. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah. Um, I would have liked that, though, if it had actually played on Luke wanting to have kids. Because we don't get anything from Luke's perspective, really. Because he, he's just crazy the whole time. Yeah. If he was just like, hmm, these little things sure are useful. Yeah. I think, like, Ben kind of just comes across, comes along because... Luke and Mara are portrayed as like the horniest people in the world. So looks like no Jedi will, no rubber can contain a Jedi <laughs> Grandmaster. <laughs> do you think Star Wars has like latex condoms, or do they just have better birth control pills? No, they definitely have like I don't know something little particle fields that just you put around the tip of your wiener, mm. probably. What if it's something like the crawlers that just aborts any? Yeah. Like the way ha- the way Leia and Chewie disguise themselves is they dye their hair, which involves letting these little worms crawl through them and uh, crawl through their hair and dye it. Not like biological worms, but that is the the method of application that apparently exists for Star Wars hair dye. What do you mean, not biological worms? Were they alive? I thought they were just I like mechanical. So, yeah dying agents i thought they were alive i thought they were actual worms oh so it, you're it is like the yuzon vong slash flintstones living creature yeah it's all living kind of yeah huh. so that's what i figured yeah I, I could be wrong on that but that's how i read it i i need and to go like, check again i won't because i don't care that much but i, I need to go check leia goes incognito a lot as well yeah like she's incognito for like Tatooine's son and like not as like having her hair down but like as well, I think she's a Twi'lek maybe so it's like she should be used to it but it's like she's making a big deal of it she's like oh, I wish I had better hair dye here I gave, I gave Chewbacca all the nice ones yeah <laughs> she actually says that yeah and the one she's looking at her like brown it's like your hair's brown already what are you talking about she's like no one will notice me with my hair down it's like okay like <laughs> I think they might. (laughs) 
I'm going to go undercover <laughs> like, as a I think bounty they probably hunter. will. Mm-hmm. Which she's done yeah, better like... before, so. Mm-hmm. Doesn't she go, does she disguise herself in the Thrawn trilogy? I can't remember. Uh, I don't remember now. I don't think the beard uh, method of disguise is quite as effective as this book portrays it to be. No, Han does that in Aftermath as well. Yeah. Also, I believe that this is not the only time that um, Luke does the the mind trick um, disguise. Does that happen in Black Fleet Crisis? I think there's a lot of mind projection in Black Fleet Crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he does that later on. Um, I don't remember what context, but he's like it even fool. I mean, because I remember there's like a conversation he has where he's like, it can even fool security cameras. Hmm. That seems weird. Yeah. Han does the beard thing in Aftermath as well, the second one. And then in Battlefront 2, he's got it. It's like, he looks like Han Solo with a beard. Hmm. All right. Anything else you want to talk about with the book before we do our rankings and get to the questions? No, uh, pretty fun. Not that bad. Um, It's readable. It's, I think it's got, I think it's like one of those things where like people say it because it's kind of a meme at this point. It's a meme at this point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like you know it's very pulpy it's not high literature or anything, yeah it, it's, it's like pulpy. the 90s of 90s star wars books mm-hmm. and yeah, it executes on that well within the context of that i think that's mm-hmm. kind of what it's what it is mm-hmm. yep so so i'm gonna give it a c all right see that's what i'm gonna do as well mm-hmm. it's a c yeah for Crystal Star. Crash for Kesha Station. Uh yeah, so I starred a bunch of I crystal starred a bunch of emails for us for today's episode if you want to pull up the email. Yes, uh and I will read the first one here from actually did we did we answer this last time? Uh, I don't mm, think we did. Christopher? Yes. Uh, I'll read it. Um, Dear Justin and Corey, throughout the podcast, Justin, you have frequently shared stories of your kids. How do you plan on introducing your kids to Star Wars? Uh, What comes first out of the show, Legends and Canon? That's a good question. Um, The way my kids were first introduced to Star Wars is I do a lot of listening uh, in the car. So I listen to a lot of audiobooks. But um, my son, August, is like, he's fully into Star Wars now. Um, like, like he was wearing his stormtrooper pajamas today. Kind of dark if you think about it. But um, like yeah, he's it turned out your kid was RPG a fascist. Now. Yeah, he's like he's always asking me to watch Star Wars and stuff. Like I'll put on Star Wars, and like he just doesn't quite understand that like Darth Vader's not always going to be on the screen because he'll be like, "Want to watch Darth Vader?" Oh, it'll be like Empire Strikes Back. Darth Vader's scene will will um will play and then like it'll be like a different scene he'll be like want to see darth vader want to see stormtroopers i'm like well well hold on how does he feel about the prequels has he seen them yet uh no he hasn't seen much of the prequels because he really likes the droids mm-hmm. and i feel like they're in the original trilogy more yeah and but no we we do have like a he knows most of the characters um like i've got a book and i'm trying to think of like all the characters he knows like he knows like Boss Nass, Jar Jar, uh, 
um, Boba Fett, uh, Mandalorian, Baby Yoda. Um, he knows like I don't know. It's just it's just it's crazy. They're sponges, so like yeah. they pick up so much. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a big fan. Um, he's he's really smart too. He's he's got his tablet, which we let him use sometimes. He's got Disney Plus on it. He'll turn Disney Plus on, leave the app, do picture in picture, and play his like Peppa Pig game. I'm like, I don't even know how to do picture in picture, and you're two and a half. I mean, you're leaving out the part where he sneaks out from your supervision to do this. No, he like he does this on his own. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or like he's he's been skyping my parent or FaceTiming my parents, and he'll he'll um he'll put Peppa he'll or he'll put like Star Wars on picture in picture, and like he can't hear them, but he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. So yeah, replacing me soon, hopefully, so I can retire. I don't know if Gus would have been ready for the for the Crystal Star review, so I'm glad we we got this in first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Uh, but our next question is from Tristan, who uh, kind of asked a two part question here. One, it's about Republic Commando and our opinions on them. I already asked about the Karen Travis stuff and your views on Mandalorians, and I'm well aware of your opinions on the Republic Commando game. If you guys have to read the Republic Commando novels, I'm wondering what your opinion on them was. And uh, I mostly read the first one and personally enjoyed the more military-oriented aspect of it. I was wondering if you guys thought it was a good thing for Star Wars or if the franchise had taken a more fantastical route or something in between. So we'll probably talk about the books when we like do the actual reading of those books. But I thought the the last part there on the whole fantasy versus like uh, military or sci-fi, harder sci-fi element, if that's we could talk about that for for a bit yeah i mean there's room for both uh, i i mean not having read that much military sci-fi and star wars recently i tend to prefer more fantastic stuff like i think halo mm-hmm. is, i prefer obviously it's that's military sci-fi like in that universe but i find military sci-fi is not as good if you're not super consistent about it yeah um, yeah and that's not something star wars does be consistent mm-hmm uh, yeah, I agree. But yeah, we'll we'll be talking about uh, Republic Commando at some point. Probably not too long. I'm not like I can't promise that. So next question is from uh, Keenan, who says, "Would you do a podcast on the Mass Effect trilogy?" Um, and you're playing that now, right? Yeah. So I've never I've played Mass Effect one for a couple hours. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever like. I think after Mass Effect 3 came out, so uh, I, I don't really know too much about the trilogy. I've managed to avoid a lot of spoilers, which is kind of impressive for how long it's been. So It's also hard to spoil Mass Effect. Well, like, there's all this stuff with like the choices at the end of 3, where I, I'm vaguely aware that stuff happens in the games that you make a choice on, but like since the original ones came out, I've basically looked... If I was listening to a podcast I was going to talk about it, I've turned it off. If I've started reading anything that talks about it, I've turned it off. Like I, I've managed to, I managed to avoid it. So I'm looking forward to a mostly blind playthrough. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we'd ever do a podcast for it, but it might be something we could talk about as Corey's playing. Um, uh, that's a bad batch question. Uh, the next one is from Chris, who says, just a quick question for both of you. Do you think in any way that Legend, Legends 
went in the later stages of introduction. Uh, oh, okay, I get what he's saying. He's saying if if we think war would have been more accepted had it come after stuff like Celestials and um, Avalon. Personally, I don't, I don't think so. War yeah. is just really weird. Yeah, War is really weird, and it's not like Abeloth and the Celestials. Like, the Celestials as a whole, I don't think people have too many problems with, other than, like, general gripes with all sci-fi fantasy ending up with some sort of precursor race uh, being kind of annoying. But, like, people aren't fans of Abeloth and the Mortis Trio very much, I don't think. So I don't think Waru coming after that would have been taken as a good thing. I agree. Um, I I did also mention I didn't mean to bring up continuity as well. We get a few characters from this book in later um, books. I know that um, the uh, Jane's little centaur friend appears later on. Um, I think she Lusa? becomes a Jedi. Does she? Yeah, I, I was kind of wondering if she did, but uh, like Zavari is in the Han Solo books that we haven't read yet. That. Which came out after this. Yeah. Yeah. The Crispin ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's kind of weird because it's nice. she's an interesting character, but I mean, I, we don't really get much of her personality other than, like, the fact that she lost her family. Mm-hmm. Most of, like, her personality is, like, Han knew this from the time he'd spent with her. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I did think it was funny, too, um, how the scene where Han has a nightmare and she's like, yeah, but imagine if that nightmare was real. And he's like, it wasn't real though. And it's like, she lost his, her whole family. Dude, you had a bad dream. Yeah. Chill out. And yeah. And he's telling Luke, that's why Luke could never understand. And she could, it's like, I mean, no, your, <laughs> your dream doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry. I just hit the mic there. Uh, Javier says, greetings, Corey and Justin. Just want to know your guys' opinion on the Hapes Consortium, and if they were returned to canon, would you guys want them to return? Um, I'm actually really surprised they haven't. I don't even think they've been mentioned. I think, I think the they Hapes have. cluster maybe has been mentioned. Oh, oh really? Like, the planet's definitely been mentioned. I think the Consortium has been as well. Oh, yeah. They've got a... Because the Zan Consortium has been mentioned consor- as well. So it says, the Hapes Consortium was an organization that... So there's like, they were they were included in one map, basically. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of surprised because that's something that could be pretty easily brought into, you know. Well, there's not a huge amount of books that they could have been brought into yet. Uh, but like, I expect them to be in like a smuggler's yeah. guide or something. Yeah, I The more factions for me, like the more variety in factions, the better. Uh, mm-hmm. I always find that stuff to be interesting. So mm-hmm. I'd be happy to see them come back. Yeah. Me too. Um... Henry says, hey guys, just catching up on some old eps and recently read Alphabet Squadron. The biggest, most glaring issue with the book is that it's the lamest name for a squad in the EU. I do think that's kind of the point. Yeah, it was a, the name was given to them by other people on Lodestar that were trying to make fun of them. So it wasn't supposed to be a cool name. They just, they reclaimed it for themselves. Yeah. Uh, then our last email for the night comes from Joel who says, two questions, if you were told that Star Wars Legends was ending, and you could essentially write the last EU book, what book would you write? And do you consider James Luceno Plagueis to be at least the spiritual ending to the expanded universe? Mm. 
I don't know. Um, not really. I mean, no, not really. I don't think there is really a spiritual ending, which I think is why a lot of a lot of people are kind of were annoyed because there was like a lot to be told. Um, if I were to do one more trilogy, it would be or one more book, it would be something trying to tie up as much of the Jaina and Luke stuff as I could. Yeah. Um, Some sort of series about how Corellia and the Confederacy actually get back into the Galactic Alliance. Because, like, mm-hmm. the last book we have still leaves off with the galaxy split into those two factions. And we know by the comics that they're back together by, like, the Legacy comics, which I I don't love that those exist how they do. But no, me neither. I, I would rather they didn't exist at yeah. all, personally. Or just to be declared non-canon. Like, I think the Legacy comics would have worked really well as, like, a longer Infinity series, where it's like, this is... Because it's so far off in the future. Well, like, a hundred years. Like, you could just call it, you know, Visions or, like... Yeah. Like... Futures or something. I I feel like had Legends continued, that would have been a really weird sticking point, where, like, there's a hundred years of stuff to fill between then. And, mm-hmm. yeah, the... That, that's kind of an, an issue that New Canon has with uh, the time between uh, the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy where we know what the end point is. So it is a bit harder to tell some of those stories unless you're going to the lesser character, or not lesser characters, but introducing new characters like the Mandalorian, uh, where their stories aren't necessarily kind of super tied up in what's going to come of them. Like, there are still a lot of good stories in those periods, and there could have been good stories in, like, Thor to the Jedi or something coming after that. But that's like a hundred years of history where we know where it's going. And it it would have been tough. Another problem too is, at least Legacy didn't have this problem, but in canon, we know it was a relatively peaceful period as well. So like, Mm. that naturally limits the scale of like, events. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you can fit another Thrawn campaign. Maybe another Thrawn campaign, but not not much more than that. Like, we we definitely know that in those hundred years, there was going to be some sort of war or some sort of political event to get the confederation back into the galactic alliance but we also know the galactic alliance is still there the fell empire is still there and no one really seems to care about that yeah like just kind of grows a bit Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. and it's not even that i necessarily dislike the legacy comics per se it's just that having that all solidified the it's kind of rough i agree I, yeah, I think it would have been cool to see more of the Darth Crate stuff because, like, Fate of the Jedi was kind of, and even Legacy of the Force was kind of leading into that. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, with the Dark Man and stuff. But Yeah, if, if it had yeah. even been set, like, uh, 20 years after Fate of the Jedi instead of another, like, 80, then that could have been fine. Especially because there are so many characters tied in from uh, pre-Empire. Like, the entire Jedi Council at that point everyone luke trained even some of the ones that should have reasonably still been alive are just gone and you got trissa uh you got kakrook and who's the other one well i think it's three people that are from the original jedi order right or the third one might not remember because cole's stepped down no cole's dead Mm -hmm. he stepped down and then died something it yeah i forget but it, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could have... I just, I personally, not a huge fan of, like, a comic 
setting the state of the universe like as well i'm biased towards books i prefer books yeah. um yeah and i think they do a better job of storytelling generally yeah like universe building anyway yeah but yeah that's all i've got anything you want to end off with or nope uh that's it all right guys well we will be thanks everyone for watching we will be and listening we will also be doing another podcast episode in half an hour over on the x2 podcast our x2 channel it'll be the first ever x2 podcast for some reason charlie called it number zero um counting is not a strong you, you, suit yeah. uh we've got another charlie said to be one title or so like a week that just like offends me to my core. <laughs> well on the tap cap side we've got another episode coming tomorrow talking about uh talking about bad batch episode four. three and four and then mm. next week next thursday Only a little bit of three i imagine yeah. Uh, well, there's some interesting stuff that happened there. We didn't really talk about it here. It was a great episode. Yeah. So we'll see how good for If something like crazy happens in four, maybe we'll just talk about that. But uh, but yeah, so that'll be tomorrow, the next Thursday, episode three for episode 66 of the podcast. We're going to be reading the novelization by Matthew Stover. And yeah. Yep. Good night, everybody. Bye. Where's the end button? Corey, Corey. It's at the top. Help me. I closed the tab. Corey, you gotta you gotta keep people entertained. Uh this is